0: Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith, plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust.
1: Thank you, Shannon, for that wonderful introduction. Hello and welcome to the King Preneur Mentor Podcast. I'm happy to have you here. We're here on episode 13. If you're joining for the first time, Here's a warm welcome. And if you've been here before, we thank you for returning and your support for this continued vision and mission of helping you unlock God's unfair advantage in your life and business. Today, and actually this month, right, we're in August now, which is pretty wild. uh, We're going to be talking about unleashed. Like the whole theme for this month is just unleash, unleash Holy Spirit, unleash God's favor, unleash increase unleash anything that's holding you back, anything you're struggling with. This month is all about unleashing everything so that you can have a clearer path, a stronger path to success, also being fulfilled, and then also just being renewed in the spirit, being renewed in your mind, and just really putting you in a position, of course, to experience all the benefits that come with being an activated Christian, right? When you're immersed in the word, you're, you have tremendous knowledge in the word, you have understanding, so therefore you have meaning. And then because you have meaning, you also then learn how to employ it. So you're in a realm of knowledge, right? And then the fruit comes from it. All the rewards are once you have the wisdom and the execution, you receive all the rewards. And so once you get to that place, and we're going to be spending some time in our future, um, We're working on right now a new level of training, right? Which will be on YouTube specifically. And it's unlocking biblical power. And in that framework or that that training structure, it's going to be designed on really helping you get a clearer understanding and meaning of God's word. Because you can know the word but not understand it you can read the word and not understand it. And if you don't understand it, then it doesn't have meaning. And if it doesn't have meaning, the way our brains work, right, if you just think about the neurons and the synapses that communicate, you know, chemicals to create decisions for the brain and interpretation, if you don't have that locked in where you can inject emotion of satisfaction, clarity, uh, conscious association, right, knowledge based. If you're unable to do that, there's a disconnect, then it doesn't have meaning. And without God's word having meaning in your life, then it doesn't have power in your life. And so when there's no power, then there's no outcome. And when there's no outcome, then there's just this moving forward but not really having a direction, right? So you are moving forward because you're going through life. Life is taking place, but you don't have a direction. And so we're going to really talk today about the subtle war on language because it is important for you to understand that in the beginning there was the Word and the Word is God. And so everything surrounded by language that God has tucked right into the Bible is essential to make sure that we as man imperfect human beings, that we don't reconstruct that, that we don't change that, and what happens when we do, what forces us to live in a life of sin, it forces us to live in a place where we're powerless, and therefore we're moving ourselves away from God and closer to the enemy, which I know each and every one of you don't want that. So, before we do, it's been a minute. I miss you all. Uh, I've been traveling. Last week, I was in Miami for four days, uh, shooting content working on uh, projects related to Kingdompreneur Mentor, also our family ministry, which is called the Power, I mean the f- Power, the Flowers Pot Ministries, right? Preparing just really to take what God has given me and what I've accumulated over the past decade or so in terms of understanding and knowledge and, and people I've trained and coached and really putting all that in a framework and into a context to better help serve, you know, my assignment here on earth while I'm here. I wanna be of great service. I know if you're listening to me right now, you desire to be of great service, because you know then that when it's time for you to exit this world and you're to move on, that you can walk into, you know, heaven knowing that you did what it is that you were born to do, right? And I think that's what we spend so much time here on earth, allowing language to keep us away from our assignments, the will of God in our life, and then the employing of ourselves there, right? So therefore, we leave here unsuccessful by definition, and we'll spend a little bit of time on that. So today, let's talk about the subtle war on language. Language in any facet community origin is critical, right? It's the way that people exchange thoughts, ideas, concepts. It's the way history has moved through the years. Language is important. And whether that language be spoken vocally or through physical body language, a lot is done, right? And it's so amazing that as a parent, you can just look at your children a certain way and they know exactly what you are thinking because their brain has been programmed subconsciously through their experiences with you, through cause and effect, through action and reaction, that they now know without a word what you're saying. Some of you have been married or have been with your spouse so long that a person in a sales situation can ask a question, a closing question, and you can look at your spouse, and just with eye contact, a decision can be made, communication can be transferred, and not one word was spoken. So humans, we are high. We had a high level of interpretation and the ability to read language and patterns. But one of the things that we're always so grateful for is that our Heavenly Father did not do that. He did not leave us for interpretation. He did not leave us to assess any situation in which he had ordinances and commandments over our law what he did is he provided clear guidance the problem is is the context that we understand that clear guidance or not and most often when you look at the world today there's been confusion so here's a couple things and a couple ground rules that we need to start with from the very beginning first and foremost god cannot lie so let's just take that off the table so therefore With no line, there will also be no contradiction. Oftentimes, the world wants you to feel like the Bible contradicts itself. But what's really happening is that in passages, oftentimes, in order for you to get one passage, you need to understand the passage above and the passage below. And there may be a corresponding passage within the Bible that you'll need to reference for further support. But like most people, if you halfway do it, then you're going to use your own limited knowledge to come to a conclusion. And we always know what that ends up leading to, right? More ignorance. And then we have more ignorance. We have more people moving away from the body of God because of ignorance, not because of knowledge and wisdom. And I think when we look at the scripture that the enemy uses, right, in terms of his tactic, it still goes back into Genesis, right, the beginning. And we discussed, I believe in uh, episode 11, the interaction between Eve and the serpent. And so that interaction was clearly stated, but what we didn't talk about was really in that moment that the enemy used language, subtle language to create confusion and doubt within Eve, okay? And if you look at what he did then, and we fast forward to today, He hasn't changed. He's consistent in that regard. And so let's kind of move through this, right? Because the first thing we want to pay attention to is even how the enemy or, you know, the serpent in the garden, right? The description of the serpent, right? We're going to talk about that in Genesis three. We're also going to talk about how he used a slight change of language to Eve. And then we're going to Look at how that, like I mentioned, it caused doubt. So I want to walk back through that so that no one's missing that. Okay. And so in the scripture, it reads, Now the the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And there's a question mark there. So look, I want to just go right through this. Subtle that the serpent was more subtle. Another way of looking at the word subtle in context is crafty. Crafty, meaning, you know, when you ever say somebody's like they're crafty with their words, that they're able to put words together to create a picture in your mind or to create a belief within you because of the way they crafted the words together. And so here, he asked a question that was a rhetorical question, meaning that it was not intended for it to be a real question. It was intended to create doubt and confusion because that is not what the Lord or what that is not what God said. What God told Eve is that you can have any, you can eat from any tree in this garden, except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? That's the only one you stay away from. And some of you, when you read that, the flesh comes into you saying, Well, I don't think that why would God want them not to know. Good or evil, right? Because that's something to know. And here's the reality. It's not about you and I. It is not our job to question God, right? That's the the issue that we have today that we have so many humans questioning God as if they are God, right? Because it is for God to determine what is good and evil. And when I look at today's time, when people have trials and tribulations and they want to define that as bad, evil, evil, when in reality it's designed to strengthen you, improve you, cause you to grow from it, there can be no bad in that. And so our definition today from, as man between good and evil is really clearly outlined in the Bible. It is not; It wasn't for us to have to become the judges of good and evil, right? That's God's responsibility. And so he was crafty. Ye have not got... He said, ye have God said, so God said, ye shall not eat of every tree. That is not what God said. And so now Eve is confused and that causes now the exploration and you to follow the enemy when he uses those crafty words. And so in today's time, right, let's fast forward. Let's just look at a few examples of what God defines something as and then how man has changed it. And when you look at the change, why did we change it? Why was it changed? What was his intention? It's always going to be to go against God's word. That is the enemy's purpose. Rob, steal, kill, destroy. So if he knows that God created earth and heaven, that God created the sun and the moon, God created all the animals that inhabit this earth, God created man and woman, through his words and that God gave us that word, then you also realize that he wants to, the enemy wants to be the contrarian to that, right? Contradict that and say, well, that's how do we change the language pattern, which is not the word of God that we use, but is similar, it's subtle, okay? The Bible calls it adultery, right? In today's time, we call it an affair. Now when you just think about the sound of the word affair, doesn't it sound festive, <laughs> right? Like, let me get a ticket. Let me bring a group of people. We're gonna have a good time. It's an affair. It doesn't sound like what it was intended to mean, which is adultery, right? To step out and create a sexual relationship with someone other than your husband or wife, right? To be an daughter. Then we have, Fornication versus consensual sex. So to fornicate, right? With the definition has been very clear, right? To have unlawful sex, you know, with, you know, not being married, right? Not under the construct of marriage, the covenant of marriage, to have outside marital sex, right? So consensual, just two adults having consensual sex sounds very pleasing. It sounds... Again, when you hear that statement, it sounds as if that something that we are afforded, that it is lawful in the realm of God, right? Because it's consensual, meaning we both agree. So therefore, it makes it right. But it doesn't because the Bible clearly states what it is. Then we have Sodom versus gay. So Sodom is an abomination. It's very clearly outlined. And listen, I love all people. So before you dive into, oh my gosh, Reggie is doing this or he's saying this, like, let's just be super clear. I love all God's people. But what it says is what it says. And what it is is what it is. There's no confusion in that. Okay. But now when you look at the definition of gay, joyful, happy. And so now the words that the enemy wants to associate with this, with Sodom, is joy and happiness and and it be a pleasing but that's not what God intended. And it's clearly outlined, right? What it is, it is what it is. Then you look at the word harlot. You never hear that word anymore, right? It's almost like ancient history. Now we call it the lady of the night. Because in the, in the Bible, the word prostitute is there, the word whore is there, and it's very clearly outlined in those definitions, and to be a harlot. Now it's just the lady of the night. And then now the lady of the night is saying, well, they're now men of the night, right? And so we're constantly in this ever transitioning phrase of looking at words and changing them to make them subtle. And so I want you to look at your life and assess words that you may use that downplay what God intended to do, right? Because another crafty move that the enemy does is causes you and I to speak against ourselves, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, you know, I don't have what it takes because of my life and the way I was raised and my family, right? Speaking this, these words of destruction over your life and then you're left with, why am I not living the life that I desire or I mean, I would love to have? Because the language and vocabulary that you're amassing over time has been designed to keep you where you're at, or even worse, move you towards destruction. And if you never sat and thought about how you communicate to yourself, what you're saying to yourself on a regular basis, and just ask yourself, who am I serving when I'm talking to myself? That will be a clear path in which will give you guidance and understanding on how you should be communicating to yourself. We have to be super conscious of that, right? And God makes it very clear in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 12, and I think it's 43 if I'm not mistaken. Um, I didn't write it down, but Deuteronomy 12. What thing soever I command you, observe to do it, thou shalt not add thereunto, nor diminish from it. God is clearly stating here, don't add to my word, don't take away from my word, right? The word is the word, okay? And I command you to observe to do it, right? Uh, that means to l- observe it, internalize it, and to do it as it's said to be done. Don't modify it, right? I'm giving it to you as it is and how it should be done. And so the moment we start modifying, renovating, upgrading, downgrading, that's when everything become, goes away because man is stepping in, following flesh, and who's really leading that, right? Because when we think about the realms of evil, We have the world, we have the flesh, and then we have the enemy, right? That's that triad. And so when we allow any of those things to influence us or move us, we're moving closer to the enemy and away from God. Is this helping? I hope this conversation is helping because I think that more people that we have being conscious of what they're communicating, how they're communicating, to whom they're communicating will make a big difference in their walk as... A activated Christian, right in today's time, and the reason why we have to call it activated is because people are trying to be subdued and and you know sedated through the world to move away from God versus being fully activated, charged, you know. And and I just think that we just as faith goers have to be super aware of what it is that we're doing. So. What should you do to consider now to, to change this? We gotta get to a place of wisdom. So we gotta start with knowing, understanding, then we can get to wisdom. So if you, in order to know the word, you gotta spend some time with the word. And with today's technology, right, and I never acclaimed, or claim, excuse me, that wasn't acclaimed, but claim to be this profound you know, professional with knowing the Bible. So as an adolescent that is learning the Bible and learning this meaning in greater detail, there's a process and it takes work. It takes time to number one, read the Bible. Number two, look up words and definitions and meanings that you are unfamiliar with and make sure that you're getting the right meaning not necessarily webster's dictionary but could be the hebrew meaning the greek meaning right like really understanding the definition of that word its origin its intention so there's clarity but then the wise part is then putting into correct action the implementation is really where all the rewards and the promises are met that's where you meet them through implementation and getting that Ask yourself about your vocabulary. Like if God was sitting next to you and then Jesus was there as the moderator, right? Because he is who you've been communicating through and who died for our sins. And so there's definitely the direct affiliation there. And they were looking at your vocabulary, the words that you use, how you choose to use them, how you choose to communicate to God's people, both people that have benefit and people who, can't that can't do anything for you. How would they look at that realm of communication? Would it be pleasing? Would it be unpleasing, right? Would they be excited? Because look, I can't see what you're doing behind the scenes. Sometimes your spouses can't see what you're doing or your friends, but you know what you're doing. And guess what? One of the things that's always kept me accountable to my life is knowing that God is watching all that I do all that I say And so when you put this level of governance over yourself it causes you to be more conscious and more intentional about what it is that you're saying and why you're saying and what it's you know focal point or outcome is to be because you know that you can't hide from God but some of us some of us are so foolish to believe that no one's watching <laughs> and that's not true. there's always, someone and that person and is not a person is god is the creator the alpha the omega you can't hide from that there's just no you know there's just no way there's no closet there's no um underground tunnel there's nothing you can do and so when you become aware that there's always a light on you, and that light is watching you and listening and observing and attempting to guide you closer to the light, then you'll realize that you have to take more responsibility and accountability for your vocabulary and its intention. Okay, And so just a quick two minute recap. I hope this conversation today was helpful because there is a war happening and the enemy wants us to start using words and phrases and truisms, and they wanna do so much to get you to speak the language that is not the language of God, to keep you away from the word and keep you into the world, right? Word, world, very close. So are you? is your vocabulary of the word or is your vocabulary of the world? See how subtle that is? And the enemy is very tactical and you had to become a tactician yourself in order to combat what the enemy is trying to get you to do. So the old phrase when you were growing up as a kid, it was sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Now you understand words definitely can hurt you, right? And we need to be careful how we choose to use our words. Secondly, don't allow people of the world to speak into your life that is critical too. You don't want them telling you, oh, it's okay. You know, if you just sleep around, it's not a big deal. Go date, go do you. Like, you know, self love and self this, and all these things that are counterintuitive of God's word, but it's just being pushed. Why is it? Because the world wants you to be of the world, but it clearly states in it, in passage. Be not of this world, right? Don't be of this world. And the importance of the renewing of your mind. And this, this conversation, what I hope that it does for you is it becomes a catalyst for you to decide on knowing the word, right? Understanding the word, employing the word, and then teaching the word to others because that's what we have to do as leaders is become mentors to those who are seeking and those who are put within our path for guidance. But if you keep all this to yourself, then you're being selfish, self-centered. And that is not what anything that's reflective of Jesus' walk, God's intention, his word, right? And so when we look at, again, going back to his principles, his promises and his patterns, we have to adhere to the principles, right? We get the promises for doing our part and then we'll see patterns. We'll see how God will tell us to do something, then equip us to do it. So again, oftentimes what's the word What's a subtle change in the world. They want you to get equipped first, then go do it. That's not what God does. And so therefore, you're not equipped when all of a sudden God calls you to go into a different sector or business or in life. And you're like, I'm not equipped, so I'm not supposed to do it because I've been conditioned by the world to think that I'm supposed to be equipped first, then I go do the task. And that's not what God calls us to do because with that, there's there's an absence of faith. I hope Mm -hmm. this is helping. Have a wonderful day.
0: KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.